Yesterday was the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul. Um, last year, 2013, on the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul, St. Vincent de Paul um, was uh, a priest who worked with the, uh, the royalty of France. Then he had a conversion experience. He spent the rest of his life working with the poor, especially the poor who were um, on slave ships. They've been captured and used as slaves. Um, St. Vincent de Paul is the one who said, the poor are our masters. We are the slaves of the poor. Um, also, all of you, many of you, wear a miraculous medal. It's uh, St. Vincent de Paul. Um, we have to thank for the uh, miraculous medal. He started the order of priests, uh, known as the Congregation for the Mission. Uh, but then for women, he started the Daughters of Charity, uh, St. Catherine Labore, uh, through whom we get the Miraculous Medal. She was a daughter of charity. So um, last year on the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul, I get a phone call. I don't get these phone calls often, so I just want to tell you that up front. But it was somebody from the parish, a family from the parish, who wanted to give a substantial donation to the parish. Um, the... Um, and up until that point, I was trying to figure out how in the world I could get the work begun on the rectory. The rectory is the house next door. Uh, the rectory and the church were built in 1954. I think that um, um, 1954 was the last time anybody did any work over in the rectory. In other words, wiring, uh, flooring, things like that. Um, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I've been here 10 years. I've, I've left it pretty much untouched when it's only one man living there. You know, it's like, well, that's okay. I mean, ladies, you know how it is when you come back from a time away. It's like, what? what? What's, what the place is a mess, right? Right. Well, it's because one man is living there, right? So um, when, I, when I was thinking about getting my mom moved in here, I thought, well, I need to fix up the place. It's like, okay, good. With what? Uh, 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 well, this donation came in last September um, 27th. So I went forward um, with, the, um, with the donation. And then over the time, you too contributed to that uh, donation, and we got the rectory fixed up, at least the parts where my mom is going to be. I mean, my side is not fixed up, but her side is. Um, doesn't that sound right? I mean, like whenever you got a new car in the family, who got it? Who got the new car? Mom did, right? There's a reason for that, right? So, uh, or the wife did. So, uh, um, uh, I've been telling. I took my mom to the doctor last week, and I told her, as I've been telling her over the last four to six weeks, I said, "Mama, you're going to be moving to Greenville on or before October 1st." So I called her on Thursday, and I said. Um, uh, you're going to be moving tomorrow. We're going to come get you at 10:30. Oh, it was it was terrible. It was terrible. The uh, well, you know, it was so sudden. She wanted another month. I said, "What is it going to be? What's the difference it's going to be in a month? You're going to be colder, right?" The uh, so I called her back the next day, and uh, I gave her some extra time, another hour and a half. The uh, <laughs> I should be in bargaining. <laughs> okay, you want another month? Okay, I'll give you an hour and a half. So Deacon Antonio and I went over there, and we moved just enough of her stuff to get her out here. And we'll go back over the weeks ahead and move the rest of it. 
my mom, uh, about this time last year, my mom had, for the last 12 years or so, my mom's been living by herself. Her sister died, my Aunt Mary died, um, and my mom's been living by herself in the house, but she's had a very large dog. It has a very big bark. Well, about this time last year, the dog had to be put down. So my mom's been on her own, totally on her own, for the last year. In uh, June, just months ago in June, it was 2.30 in the morning, my mother called me. Um, someone had just rung her doorbell. He was standing on her porch. My mother went to the door, turned on the indoor light, and looked through and she said, who is it? I said, Mama, if, if, you, if somebody rings your doorbell at 2.30 in the morning, don't go to the door. If you do go to the door, don't say anything. If you do say something, say this. I call the police, I have a gun, get off my porch. Right? So my mom called me at 2.30 in the morning. I got in my helicopter, and I went to Dallas. Right? I don't have a helicopter. The, uh, so my mother, uh, we, I, I went the next day, and I talked to her, and we, we closed in her front porch. The, the guy was standing on her front porch. Um, the... Um, that would actually probably was a blessing because I think my mother would still be in Dallas. Well, anyway, she moved in on Friday. So uh, exactly 364 days after the substantial donation came in, she's moved in. So um, she doesn't have a big dog. She's not living with a big dog, but I do bark. The, um, and I do try to stay on the paper. So uh, anyway, so my mom is here. Uh, thanks be to God. I'm very glad she's here. So I want to thank you for your your help, your your donations of whatever size, and also your prayers because I think the prayers what dragged her over the finish line. My mom has essentially been a prisoner there the last few months or so. She she said every time she would get into the shower, she would get out and she would listen to see if somebody had broken in. Uh, gee, whiz. I'm so uh, she got she slept here on Friday night. She said eight hours didn't wake up. That's great, kind of like some of you right now. The um, then you see on bottom of page four, uh, tomorrow's the feast of the archangels: Saint Michael, Saint Gabriel, Saint Raphael. Wow, Saint Pio. He was on the cover last week. Uh, Saint Pio. There was a cave, a very ancient cave of St. Michael near where St. Pio lived and died. He had a great devotion to St. Michael the Archangel. We have that. Believe it or not, there have been there are people who tell me all the time, oh, there's a statue of St. Michael? Yeah, it's across the street. It's on a five-foot pillar. It's a six-foot bronze statue. Where? 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 Anyway, the... Um, and then on page 5, you see that Tuesday is the Feast of St. Jerome. You like to read the Bible? St. Jerome is the one who got it all collected together and put it into the common language at the time. He's no slouch. St. Therese, on Wednesday, October 1st, begins the month of the Most Holy Rosary. St. Therese is a doctor of the church. St. John Paul II made her a doctor of the church in 1997, the centennial of her death. She and Padre Pio were alive at the same time. She was in France. He was in Italy. She died in 1897. He died in 1968. October, uh, October 2nd, that's the first Thursday. That's the Feast of the um, Holy Guardian Angels. Everybody here has a guardian angel. 
You get your guardian angel the moment you're conceived, and he's with you all your life. They can't switch. I think mine's put in for a transfer, but he keeps being turned down. October 4th, the Saturday, it's a feast of St. Francis. St. Therese, her name is Therese Francis. Yeah, so we have a pope named Francis. It's a first Friday and a first Saturday. So if you look under the first Friday, I've got extra times for communion services. There's one at 8, there's one at 11, and again, one at 745, or you can go to the Mass at 8 o'clock. Now flip over, if you would, to page 10, um, and you see the promises of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to me and to you. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Father, me and my wife and my children, we've made the nine First Fridays again and again and again. You know what? When I hear people saying that, I, I think, well, pretty soon they're going to they're not going to be asleep anymore. They're going to wake up. Because you must be dreaming if you think people actually make the nine first Fridays. Why am I offering the nine first Fridays and the five first Saturdays? Because one day I'm going to, I'm going to breathe in and breathe out. I'm going to go before God. You want life insurance? Eternal life insurance? There you go. Why not start now? Right? The nine first Fridays? It's, it's not, oh, please don't send me to hell. No, it's called, this is great. These are, look at all the promises that he gives. I will, the, all the blessings for families. Family's under attack right now. Page 11 and 12, I'll come back to that. Look at page 13. That's the last time you're going to see this one. Um, Our Lady the Rosary, St. Therese of Lisieux, no, Extended Novena. And uh, then on the back page, the uh, Oktoberfest. Before I do the Oktoberfest, I left something out of the bulletin. Next Sunday at 2.45, just before 3 o'clock, we have the Life Chain on Wesley. There in front of the Crossroads Mall next to Schlotzky's and Wendy's and Taco Bell, um, where we always are. This parish, over the last 10 years, has staffed the, the greatest number of people out there every year. Uh, congratulations. That's, that's a great uh, witness to the people um, that we are standing up for life. So let's make it even bigger. Uh, bring chairs if you want. Um, the signs will be provided. I'm sorry, but so many things are happening. I knew this would happen. I feel like right now, I feel like I'm in the opening scenes of Saving Private Ryan. The, uh, it's all coming at me uh, faster than I can believe. And I knew it would happen this way. I just knew it. On the back of the bulletin, you see the Oktoberfest. Um, the Knights of Columbus um, do charity 12 months of the year. How do they pay for it? Well, one of the members here is a Rockefeller. No. No, we don't have a Rockefeller for, uh, for uh, the Casey's. If we do, I want to see you after Mass. The, um, the, we can get the other part of that rectory uh, finished, right? Anyway, the, uh, no, the Knights of Columbus collect, collect the money from this, chair, from this Oktoberfest, and it runs all the charities uh, throughout the rest of the year. Last year, they had their most successful Oktoberfest ever. And the Knights were saying, oh, it was great, but they were so tired. So what they do, they extended the hours to 11, from 11 to 7. Now, friends, I want you to consider buying tickets and giving them to your friends and relatives. Well, get these people hooked on something legal and good and delicious. Um, and then next year, they're going to have to say, where's my free ticket? Oh, no, I gave you that free ticket last year. You can either come or stay home and suffer. No, I'm hooked. i got to go. Good. We'll get them hooked, okay? 
Um, let's run off the legs of the Knights of Columbus. Let's, let's, let's have this year be so successful that the Knights will be talking about it for the next 12 months. Oh, I can't move. Remember the old commercial? I ate the whole thing, right? Oh, I can't move. Oh, I worked the whole thing, right? Good. And you'll be helping charity as well after Mass. They'll be selling tickets out there. Okay, there you go. Turn to page uh, um, 11, if you would, and just leave it there open. Sorry for the long announcements, but it's a great thing. My mom is finally here. Now I can put her to work. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> In the gospel, Jesus said, When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Jesus is talking about two sons. The the Father says, um, uh, go out and work in the vineyard, son. And he says, oh, I I won't go. And then he relents and he goes. Um, St. Therese of Lisieux saw herself in that same kind of a position. St. Therese, when she was only about four years old, her mother died. She was the youngest of nine children. And it is true what they say about the youngest children. We voted, and it's true. The youngest children are most favored, and they're usually spoiled. Well, St. Therese was no exception. She was the youngest of nine, but... At the age, at the very young age, she was so strong-willed as only the youngest of nine and a little girl can be. She nearly died from it. St. Therese realized that she was initially saying no to God, so she spent the rest of her life saying yes to God in big ways. Um, You see this cover of the bulletin? Like, what is that? Um, One of the young ladies here today who made her first communion, she said, I said, did you see the cover of the bulletin? She said, yes. I saw it, and I said, I want that hair. Uh, well, she can have it if she goes to France. I've seen the hair. It's uh, just north of Paris in Lisieux, where St. Therese lived and died. She, was, she, almost was, she almost reached 25 years old. Uh, St. Therese uh, became a Carmelite sister. Those are like the Marines of the religious orders. She had a a few sisters who were already Carmelite sisters. They were older sisters, but they weren't going to give her special treatment um, for because she had older sisters. Uh, the The first thing that a Carmelite, a woman wanting to enter the Carmelites, well, first of all, she'd have to enter. Saint Therese wanted to enter uh, at fifteen, but the bishop said no. So he said the only person who could give you special permission was the Pope. So she and her family went to Rome to see Pope Leo XIII. And she was instructed not to do this, but she she broke the instructions and she threw herself down in front of the Pope and said, please let me enter the Carmelite convent. I'm 15. And the Pope said yes. She got back to France and the sister said, well, you can enter, but after the winter is over. Now, the Carmelite sisters wear this really uh, layered habit, very heavy wool, because they spend almost zero on heat. So it gets very cold in the north of France. They wanted this young um, novice, this young woman, to not have her first months be during the winter. That was a wise move. 
So how do you know if a young woman really has the, a vocation, a calling from God to be a Carmelite? Well, she said so. Uh-huh. So the, 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 the sisters brought her in, and they said, okay, well, the first thing, we're going to cut off all your hair. If, if, if a young lady has never had her hair cut, now she has older sisters, so they probably trimmed it perfectly every day, right? Oh, here, wait a minute, oh, yeah, stay, stay still. Okay, got it. They, uh, right? I bet she looked great all the time. But they said, okay, we're going to, now they weren't going to shave her head like a cue ball, but they were going to cut her hair. And if she didn't have a, voc- a vocation to be a Carmelite, she would say something like this, my hair. My hair. In French, was my hair. I don't know how you say it. Fall, 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 fall. Anyway, the uh, she they and the sisters would know you're not in. You don't belong here. Saint Therese, oh, we're going to cut your. We, we need, we're going to cut off your hair. Saint Therese said this. Oh, great! This is the first thing I can offer to my spouse. Yeah, the Carmelite sisters understood as every real. None or sister understands that Jesus is their spouse, their brides of Christ. You think, you know, a lot of nuns in this country and throughout the world, they think they're social workers. Mother Teresa, you know, the founder of the Missionaries of Charity, she went around to all of her convents and she said this every time she visited her sisters. You are not social workers. You are not, of course she was about this tall, you you are not you are not social workers. <laughs> she was saying it all the time. She told them, you are brides of Christ. So this was the first sacrifice that Therese was giving to her spouse. Now, if, um, if you live under a roof with one person, two, three, or more, there are going to be problems. Now, there were about 15 living in the Carmelite convent there in the 1800s. And uh, the sisters were not prisoners, but they did not leave those buildings. They did not leave the grounds. They could have, but they stayed there to pray and sacrifice for all of us. And you think, oh, well, uh, it must have been very easy. No, there were some women there who were young, some middle-aged, some older. And just as anyone else can have health problems or mental problems, just like all of us, right? Um, you can read, I'll put some of the books in the bulletin next week, but you can read about them in her autobiography, A Story of a Soul. The, the sister in charge told her to write it all down. Well, she did because she had to obey. Well, I'll give you one example. There was an older sister who was the oldest of like nine children. And um, St. Therese, very soon after entering, she got tuberculosis. It became fulminating tuberculosis. What does that mean? It means uh, when she would cough, she would cough blood up. Uh, of course, what does that do to your red blood uh, count? Makes it go really down. And so you have almost no energy. The easiest example of this is when you go to get your license renewed, you know, wherever. Um, the woman behind the counter, she says, next, next. As if she has almost zero red blood count level, right? Well, St. Therese was having to drag herself around the convent, and this older sister, she would say, oh, look, in French, she would say, oh, look, here comes Sister Slow Goat. 
Here, come here, sister. Let me fix your habit for you. Right? Uh, no, St. Therese didn't go after her. Um, uh, you think it's easy? Uh, Father, uh, Father John Harden, who died several years ago, he's a great Jesuit priest. He said, if you're alive, if you have a pulse, you annoy somebody. <laughs> and they annoy you, right? So in, in the convent, it was the same way. In St. Therese, she just kept saying, here is another wedding present. Here is another wedding present. Here is another wedding present. Now, look at this prayer on page 11. This is a prayer to God the Father inspired by the Holy, by the, by Saint Therese of Lisieux. And I say this because when I ask people about this prayer, they say, oh, you mean the Holy Spirit prayer? No, it says this is a prayer to God the Father. <laughs> anyway, Saint Therese loved to read the Bible. And when she came across St. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, it will be given to you. Oh, wow. Well, I told you she was the youngest of nine children, and her mother died when she was very young. So her father just doted on her. He used to call her my queen. He also called her my, my little monkey. So anyway, he was balanced. But he used to call her my queen. Fathers have a great role, especially in the lives of their daughters, because they're preparing their sons and their daughters for their relationship with God the Father. So if it's a good relationship, they're preparing them for a good relationship with God the Father. St. Therese loved her earthly father, and he did such a great job. She knew she could ask him anything and would not be denied, as long as she asked him in his name. So look at the first line there. God the Father, in the name of Jesus, send me the Holy Spirit. That second window there, the dove, that is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Friends, is there anything which you could ask God the Father in the name of Jesus for which would be superior to the Holy Spirit? And the answer is no. That is the greatest thing. That's the greatest gift you could ask for. So that's why we do it every day, right? When's the last time you asked God the Father in the name of Jesus to send you the Holy Spirit? Uh-huh. Okay, good. So we're, we're on the right page. Look at the next line. Holy Spirit, come into my life from the tips of my toes to the top of my head. That's a great line. All that real estate in between the tips of your toes to the top of your head, that's you. That's not somebody else. Holy Spirit, come into my very being. Holy Spirit, come into every part of me. Now, parents especially um, should start praying this prayer and recognize that sooner or later you're going to have to get your children to praying this prayer or something like it. Because right now children are growing up in a culture that's a cultural sewer. You might have the perfect children and they, they're standing in line or they're at work or they're at, at school and somebody has, the, hey, have you seen this? And they, they hold up their phone and it's terrible. It's from the sewer. There goes everything you just labored for out the door in uh, one moment. The, uh, all of that gets planted here in the imagination, in the, uh, in the emotions, in the mind, and it starts to be rewired, right? So look at this. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into my thoughts, my mind, my will, and my imagination. And you read on. Look, it says, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into every part of my memory. Um, people today, when they see something, 
uh, terrible. They say things like, oh, I wish I could get mind bleach. Ugh, just get that out of there. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good image, mind bleach. They, they don't make mind bleach. Um, but the other team can load that stuff up, and then he can use all of that stuff against us at the worst possible moment. Say you're just about to die, then he brings all of that stuff back up. Oh, great. You get, you get knocked over just before you draw your last breath. Oh, if only there was a way we could get rid of that. Huh? Uh-huh? Uh-huh? There is. There is. Uh, Look at the um, look at the end of that first section. It says, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into every part of me and whatever you find in me that is not in complete agreement, complete accord with your divine plan for me, then I totally surrender it all to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please take it all away, and in its place, fill me with your divine presence. That's a great prayer. If you stopped right there, you'd still be ahead. Then there's that area of personal development. You know, people say things like, no, I don't brush my teeth. I don't need to. I don't take a shower. I don't need to. And we all know them. And we all say, yeah, you really do need to uh, brush your teeth. Yeah, you, you really need to really need to take a shower every day. <laughs> the um, I don't need personal development. Uh-huh, we all do. In some areas, we're ahead of where we're supposed to be. In some areas, we're right where we're supposed to be. In other areas, we, we're way behind. You know, there are some people who never want to grow up, like Peter Pan, never wanted to grow up. The um, uh, Wasn't he green? Anyway, I thought it was, it was a good being green. But anyway, uh, we should all want to grow up. Uh, and this next section is on personal development. The Holy Spirit knows exactly where you are. I'm perfect. But he knows exactly where you are and how behind you are in some of these sections. And he can... Um, he can he can raise you up to the next level by tomorrow. Well, how? Ask him. Ask him. Now, uh, look at the look at the section called doubles. What is this about tennis? Is it golf? Was it Saint Therese playing tennis in the in the convent? No, Saint Therese was a Carmelite, and the Carmelites um, consider Elijah the prophet to be their founder. He lived on Mount Carmel in the Holy Land. When Elijah, the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, just before the end of his life on earth, God told him to pick a, a man to succeed him. So he picked a man, Elisha. And Elijah said to Elisha, go ahead, ask for whatever you want. Uh, I'm about to leave this earth. And so Elisha was a pretty smart guy. And he said, I want a double portion. I want a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, well, you've asked for a lot. He said, if you see me leave this earth alive, you'll know it's been granted to you. Not too long after that, a fiery chariot came down from heaven, scooped him up, took him away. And Elisha had twice as many miracles as Elijah. So you can see, this was like giving St. Therese a credit card with no limit. Double this and double that. Look at this. Holy Spirit, by tomorrow, double my hunger and thirst for holiness. Have you ever said that? If you've got a hunger for something, a thirst for something, wow, your body aches. I want to be holier. Holy Spirit, by tomorrow, by tomorrow, 
Uh, you know how this is possible? You know, even UPS can't get it to you by tomorrow. See, this is all going to be delivered by drones. Holy Spirit, by tomorrow, double my hunger and thirst for prayer. What if you hungered for prayer? What if you th- don't we hunger and thirst for other things, but not for prayer? Um, then you go on down. Look at this next one. Isn't this a? This is really slick. Holy Spirit, by tomorrow, double my ability to look at other people only as you see them. Allow lust to have no part of me. Does the Holy Spirit ever look at you or anybody with lust? You know, Jove, Jupiter, the the king of the Greek and Roman gods, he was always coming down and raping someone. Oh, she's pretty. Jump, right? Well, that's how he got Hercules, right? Well, has the Holy Spirit ever looked at anybody with lust? No. Well, if I ask the Holy Spirit by tomorrow to double my ability to look at people only as he looks at them, that's a great thing. Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, take this lust away from me. That's negative. This is a positive. Holy Spirit, I want to look at other people as you look at them. This is great. Uh, it really is. But you're going to have to... You're going to have to describe it to your kids. Look on the other side. Now, the prayer goes down one side and half the other. Oh, I'm dying, right? Oh, I'm dying. Now, speaking of dying, look down at the bottom. Last Sunday was the feast of St. Matthew, the apostle. He was a tax collector. And up in Oklahoma City, in the Civic Center, they had a black mass, a satanic mass in the Civic Center. Wow. And there all this talk about an exorcist. Well... Um, the chief exorcist of Rome, he's still alive, Father Gabriel A. Morth, and he's written a couple of books. I recommend these books to you. They're very informational. But he wrote another book on the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this is on page 12 toward the bottom. It says St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 13. Um, and in that book, uh, Father Gabriel writes, it's useful to reflect on this detail. The Holy Spirit can be received many times, indeed without limit, with a growing increase of fruits. Think of that credit card without a limit. All right? Um, It's useful to reflect on this detail. The Holy Spirit can be received many times, indeed without limit, with a growing increase of fruits. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Holy Spirit descends on us in baptism with even greater strength, he comes to us at our confirmation. And then all the times that we call upon him, because the Lord has said the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him for it. And, of course, you and I walk around saying, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. No, we don't. Let's be honest. No, we don't. We can start. You know, it could be in, in, in lieu of this prayer, you could do something simple like come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, my leg. My leg is broken. I just said, come, Holy Spirit, three times. Friends, we need to see that um, God has given us um, friends in high places. St. Therese, I love St. Therese, and I love St. Pio because they both said the same thing. Uh, Even though they, they didn't live anywhere near each other, she said and he said, Um, I will not enter heaven until all of my spiritual children enter before me. I can see at the end of the world, Padre Pio and St. Therese are the last ones to go into heaven. 
and they're they're tapping their foot. Where is he? Where is Father Paul? He's the last one. I'm right. I'm right after Amelia. You know, Amelia. She will be in purgatory until the end of the world. Right. I'm right behind Amelia. Uh, no, they're. I'm pushing. They're pulling. Friends, these two saints. You have to cultivate a friendship with them because Saint Therese. Saint Therese didn't say, "Oh my hair, my beautiful hair." She gave. And she gave, and Saint Therese said, no, I don't want this grace waiting for me up there. So when Therese walks into heaven, all this grace comes to her, she said, no. She said, I want to spend it now on others. Like the second reading said, like Jesus did, I want to spend this helping others. She said, I will spend my time in heaven doing good upon earth. Friends, I could go on for hours about the miracles I have personally seen or received from Saint Therese. Now, obviously, she didn't give me her hair. Uh, the, <laughs> but St. Therese, St. Therese has been true to her promise. I haven't. You haven't. And if we, and look, there's that, there's that line, see on the second page where it says, please note, um, as this prayer becomes familiar, you will wish to, to develop other petitions. For example, Holy Spirit, by tomorrow, fill in the blank. Well, you could fill in the blank with some of the following items. Holy Spirit, by tomorrow, double my love for my spouse. Double my love of my children. Double my patience with my mother, my daughter-in-law, my boss, Father Paul. I like that one, right? Friends, if you've got some issue, um, why not pinpoint it? It hurts right here. Um, friends, we don't call upon God, we don't call upon the Holy Spirit, and we act like it's his fault. Oh, he's just going to, it's room service, he's going to give it to, we don't even have to ring the button, he's going to bring it anyway. I don't know where we got it. I know where we got it, and it's not from God. He's the one. He's the one. Um, Jesus said, um, yeah, the, the first son said, no, I'm not going. Then he went to work. The other one said, oh, yes, sir, and he never went. That sounds like me. It probably sounds like you and your children. Saint Therese recognized how she had said she had said no to God, and she never wanted to say that again. Um, in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit.